0: Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. It's Solomon. You guys know Solomon in Scripture. Solomon was... the, the wise king. He, he's the son of David. He was actually the one that built the temple, the vision that David had of the temple. Solomon, the Lord came to Solomon and he said, Solomon, I'll give you anything that you want. And he said, Lord, he said, I want wisdom. And he said, Well, because you've asked wisdom and you, because you haven't asked for things, I'll give you wisdom and I'll give you things also. Because you have your priorities straight, because you know what the most important thing to ask for was. Because he asked the right question, he got the things that he didn't even ask for. And I think that's the way it it works in the kingdom. So Solomon is sharing with his son, and he he begins to share this. If you guys have your Bibles in Proverbs chapter 4, he begins to share with his son some of the things that his father had told him. And you can read this in the first part of the chapter. He said, I'm teaching you the things that I've learned from my father. He's like, go after wisdom. Do like I did. Go after wisdom. It's the most important thing that you can get. And then he says this in verse 20, and this is going to be our text for this morning and probably for a lot of this series. My, son, my, my child, my son, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Now, how many know that when Scripture, all of Scripture is good, but when Scripture says, listen, Right? Everything that Jesus said was good, but sometimes Jesus would be like, listen. Right? He's like, listen up. This is important. Get this. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Do not lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they, for they will bring life to those that find them and healing for the whole body. For the whole body. Listen to my words. Let them penetrate your heart. They'll bring healing to the whole body. Verse 23, guard your heart above all else for it determines the chorus of your life. Verse 24, avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eye on what lies before. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Verse 27, don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So, he immediately talks about the heart, and then he starts talking about the other applications of life. But this is what he says, above all else, above all else, guard your heart. Get this. This is important. The most important thing that you can do, guard your heart. Now, when we talk about the heart, the heart is referred to in Scripture over a thousand times. In the Hebrew language, the word is lab, and in the Greek language, it's kardia, where we get the word cardiovascular so we know this that that this is the most common anthropological term in scripture is the heart now you got to understand something that that the ancient people thought that the heart was so important they actually thought that your heart was had the function that we think because we we know science we've been able to research now now the things that our brain does in those days and the ancients before they had the technology to know this they thought that everything came from the heart so they would they would eat things they would they thought the heart was the muscle. Now the heart is a muscle, but they thought the heart was the muscle that controlled everything. They thought it was the epicenter of your body. So you got to understand when the ancients wrote this from this context, they said, "Listen, you you get this that everything that you do flows from your heart." Now I think that they got it. I think they knew what was happening, even though they didn't have the technology to confirm that that your heart has a unique relationship with your brain, which we'll talk about next week uh, or in two weeks. That they thought that a, that a heart spoke of their um, emotional, intellectual, moral activities, but also their physical activities. So they thought this this muscle inside your chest controlled your fingers, right? We know now our brain does that, right? When you walk, it's it's your brain sending signals to your body, through your spine, all, all throughout. But but they thought it was your heart was, was this thing. Now, when you were four months old, or f- I'm sorry, four weeks old, your heart started beating, right? I think we got a picture of a beating heart. Don't we have a picture of a beating heart? Boom, boom, boom. Now, when you were four weeks old, your heart started beating right inside your chest. Everybody, everybody make a fist just like this and put it like just, just left to center right there. It's not way over here. It's, it's, it's kind of right in the center. And you just got the human heart. This is about the size of my heart. It's about the size of your fist. The heart, human heart only weighs about 8 to 12 ounces. It's pretty light. It's probably as light as this thing. So you have this heart inside of you. And this is what he says, guard your heart. Now, we're, if we're smart, we'll also take that literally, not just figuratively, right? Did you know that your heart beats 100,000 times a day? 100,000 times, some of you a little bit more than that, right? Your heart beats over two and a half billion times in a, life, a lifetime. It, and this is how many, one million, check this out, One million barrels. So you guys know those big barrels? Your heart pumps enough to fill a million barrels with blood. That's the equivalent of this. If you turned your faucet on in your kitchen, you got pretty good water pressure. You turn on the the faucet in your kitchen and you ran it for 45 years. That's how much your heart pumps. It pumps that much blood in its life, in the life of your heart in the life of humans, of course, give and take, depending on how, how, uh, how good you take care of your heart. Now, the human heart, listen, the human heart has its own nervous system. This is crazy. I didn't know this until I started researching this. Did you know that your heart has its own nervous system? That your heart, because of the red blood cells inside your heart, that it, it pr- supplies oxygen to your heart, that, that it actually has really a mind of its own. Did you know that they can pull your heart out of your body set it on a table and hook oxygen up to it, and your heart will still pump. Your heart doesn't even need your brain. But your brain needs your heart. It'll just pull it right out. Stick it on the table, hook some oxygen up to it, the heart will beat. But we also know this about our heart. Our heart is such a vital organ that the longevity of our life the health of all the other. Or, listen, if your heart goes, your body goes. Right now, this isn't a health lesson today, but it kind of is. So goes your heart, so goes your body. I, I kind of like to look at your heart as is the mom of the body. Right, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Right, if mama ain't healthy, ain't nobody healthy. How many of y'all know what I'm saying? How many of y'all know when mama gets sick? It's like, oh dang, what's gonna? Who's gonna take care of everybody? <laughs> We hope dad doesn't have to do that, right? So the the, the heart is kind of like the mom of the body. It, thick, it affects everything else. It is truly the wellspring, right? There's life in your blood, but if there's nothing, if you don't have that pump inside of you, pumping that blood, right? Pumping blood to you your lungs, getting oxygen and carrying that oxygen back to your heart, that's the only thing that is required for the heart to function is oxygen. That creates electricity inside of there. It got to have the oxygen. Check this out. Over 600,000 people in America die every year because of heart-related diseases. That's the number one killer among adults, heart disease. Uh, when we talk about heart disease, I got several here. Uh, coronary Artery disease. Y'all have ever heard of that? That's the hardening of the arteries. Congestive heart failure. That's the the inability for the heart to successfully pump blood. So your heart fails. It can't pump blood. Everything shuts down. And you know your brain. If your brain, if if your heart stops beating for six minutes, it stops pumping blood to your brain, and you die. That's when you're pronounced dead. So you you have if your if your heart fails and they don't have a way to revive your heart you got six minutes you got six minutes for somebody to come give you CPR or to get to a doctor and then hook you up to some kind of machine to get the oxygen pumping through your heart to your brain if you're if your brain dead if your brain is gone for six minutes you're gone that's how crucial your heart is um, we talk about abnormal heart rhythms your heart needs a consistent beat. Right. It's it, it's a it's actually a sickness or a disease to have an abnormal heart rhythm, uh, hypertension. Oh, high blood pressure. Caused by the strain of the heart, heart attacks, blockage that stops the blood flow to the heart, the cardiac arrest, which is actually different than a heart attack. Cardiac arrest is actually when when the nervous system that's actually in your brain, er, I'm sorry, in your heart, that built in. Electrical system that nervous system in your heart when it shuts down that's called cardiac arrest So that's different than a heart attack a heart attack is when when it's is no longer able to pump blood Right, and so what do we do? What do we do to guard our heart physical heart? Well, we eat better or at least we try Right we eat good proteins. We eat the good kind of fats Except for when the fair's in town, right? We stay away from bad fats what else do we do? We exercise. We work our hearts out. You know, we're, we're told by the, the Heart Association that five days a week that you should get your heart rate up for about 30 minutes. I've been, I've been doing that for a couple of weeks. It's no fun. Actually, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. But what I notice is that because I'm doing that in the mornings, I've been doing this for about three weeks. I'm going to try to do it for the rest of my life because I want a healthy heart, because I want to be around for my kids. Come on. I want to be around for you guys for a long time. I want to be in relationship with you guys for a long time. And so the thing is, is I've got a hell of a healthy heart, right? So the Heart Association tells me that if I will work my heart out, we call it, right, not work your heart out, but if I work my heart out on working on my heart, 30 to 40 minutes a day, five days a week, then what happens is it exercises the muscle of your heart. We call that cardio, right, cardio workouts. What does that do? It gets your blood pumping above 120. You know, most of us kind of walk around with, you know, 68 to 78, something like that, somewhere around there. You know, some of y'all 95, right? (laughs) And so we do these things, what? To strengthen our heart. Listen, I believe spiritually, our spiritual heart, our core, what the ancients understood, the core of our being, screams these things to us. Just as there's many diseases and disorders that can affect the physical heart, there are also many ailments of the spiritual heart that can impair your growth and development. Did you know in order for you to function spiritually, it's a heart issue? It's always a heart issue. Right? So we have diseases in the, king, in the, king, in the kingdom and in people in, in the age. Not just physical heart attacks, but people have heart attacks in the spirit. How many of you have ever had a heart attack in the spirit? Come on, someone breaks up with you. That's a heart attack. That's traumatic. Tragedies, disappointment, loss, despair, hopelessness. And you're left, what do we say? Broken hearted. Why? Because you had a heart attack. How many know that you don't function well when your heart's broken? Right? When tragedy comes, that's why we've got to work our heart out. That's why we've got to have a spiritual cardio five days a week. Really, you need it seven days a week. Some of you do it once a week. That's not enough. You can't get on the treadmill once a week and go work on the treadmill for 30 minutes and be in shape. It don't work like that. It's got to be a lifestyle. Healthy hearts are by lifestyle. The the next thing that happens to people is a hardness of heart. Normally, because of a attack. So what happens? Now and I've met people that, you know, they're like bitter and cold and hard hearted, and I'm like, what happened to you? No, nothing, nothing. My life's been good. And I'm like, man, they're just naturally bitter. Have you ever met anybody like that? Or we know people that have gone through some stuff. They needed some healing. They didn't go through the healing, and now they've got a hard heart, right? Offense. They get offended easy. Come on, bitterness. You say, well, what, what is offense? An offense is anything that comes inside of you that you can't get over. Somebody hurts your feelings. And you, the thing with, we were talking about, this is a community group last Wednesday, plug, that offense, the, the reason why offense is so strong in our lives, that Jesus warns us against offense. The, the word in the Greek language is actually traps. So when we get offended, the devil traps us. Right? The problem with offense is we can always justify them. Well, they shouldn't have done that. And they probably shouldn't have, but we get offended and we carry that around. What happens? Makes our heart sick. Makes our heart hard. Bitterness. Critical spirit. Oh. Speaking to y'all under 30s today. Right? That critical spirit. "Why Why don't they do this? Why don't they do it the way I do it? Right? Bitterness. You guys remember... Uh, We talked about this in the Fruitful Series, and in Mark chapter four, we talked about how the Word of God went out, and no matter how powerful the Word was, if the soil was not ready to receive that seed, then what would happen? Nothing. The seed fell on non-fertile ground, so the seed didn't produce. Listen, as powerful as the Word of God is, if you do not have a heart that can receive the Word, if you have hardness and bitterness, you won't receive it. It won't produce. So if people come to me sometimes and they're like, man, I'm just I'm not seeing like the Lord work in my life. I'm not hearing his voice. I'm not not ex- not experiencing him greater Then what I ask is, Do you have unforgiveness in your heart? Do you have bitterness in your heart? Well, yeah, you know, this happened to me when I was a child. And I've been carrying it around. Let's get rid of that so your heart can receive what God wants to speak to you so you can be fruitful. Another thing that happens uh, to our to our heart is strain. Right, The strain on the heart, stress, come on, worry, lack of rhythm. Did you know that your your physical heart has a rhythm? It needs to be consistent. It's actually a dysfunction for your heart not to have a steady rhythm. If it's 95 today and tomorrow it's 64 and then in two hours it goes down to 38, what they'll do is they'll take you into the hospital and they'll put this thing on your heart called a pacemaker. And what they'll do is they'll set that pacemaker to say, your heart cannot go below this, and it can't go below, what does it do? It regulates the heartbeat. You don't just get that thing so you can drive up and down the street and garage doors open. Right? It actually has a purpose to dictate the pace of your heart. Because if your heart is irregular, listen, this is, it's so important for you to learn this. It's taken me a long time to learn this. Pace in life is important. R- regular life, consistent schedule, all this, it's good on your heart. It's good for you. You say, well, Josh, Pastor Josh, when should I pray? When should I read my Bible? Should I do it at night? Because I'm a night person or I should do it in the morning? Well, first of all, you should do it. But I would say that you need to do it at the same time every day. Because if you don't set a time to do it, you won't do it. Can I tell you, most of your problems can be solved up with these two things. Read your Bible and pray every day. Most of your problems will be solved in that. And some of you are like, oh, I just don't know what's wrong with me. I just need a breakthrough. You need a breakthrough in your mentality to understand that God wants a relationship with you. And if you will connect with him daily, he will bring resolve to those things. So develop a rhythm. And listen, if we're not careful to equip and protect our heart, then the events that happen, the heart attacks that happen, because they will come. There will be things that will attack your heart. If we do not protect it properly, then what happens is they will cause your heart to, dis- to, to not function properly. It will dictate the condition of your heart. Listen, I believe this. I believe that your heart can be so healthy that, that tragedy can come and you're just fine. Why? Because you've done a lot to prepare your heart because you've lived your life guarding your heart. I can tell you this, when I was 18 years old, I, I came into a culture, really, that was legalism. There was a lot of legalism being preached. Do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. And so I thought if I was going to follow Jesus, I, it was very much about the things that I did. Now, we would look at that now and say, that's bad, 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 that's bad thinking. And I think that, yes, there, that is bad thinking. To get the approval of God, you've got to do this. That, that is bad thinking. But let me tell you what it did is it caused me to live in such a way that I wasn't going to screw my heart up. And so I have not struggled. You can ask Leslie, I don't struggle with bitterness. And I've been hurt, I've been wounded. I don't struggle with hardness of heart. Why? Because I have lived my life protecting my heart, guarding my heart, and it works. But you've you've got to put in the time to do it now. That's why he says this. In the NIV, it says it this way, above all else, Guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life Above all else guard your heart Listen what that doesn't mean is this It doesn't mean like I'm gonna guard my heart Stay away from me That is not what it means All that's gonna do is make you bitter Right now you're acting out of offense To guard your heart means that you protect it That you treat it like it's the most important thing What are you doing In your life right now I'm not talking about coming to church on Sundays That's important community important but what are you doing every day to protect your heart to guard your heart that that word that, that if you study that on the hebrew it means to watch it with all diligence well i don't i don't know if i want to do that because i might mess my heart up you talk about you listen you can talk about your liberties all day long but is it good for your heart come on I'm telling you, that legalistic mentality has kept my heart safe. I'm just being real. Now, it put some other mindsets in there that I had to get rid of, that's for sure. But, that, but the word watch is, is, how, is what a, a watchman would do. In, in Scripture, they would have guys that would, would be in these towers, and they would watch the city. Okay, And if the enemy would come, they would take them out with a bow and arrow or, you know, whatever they would sound the alarm. So they'd have watchmen that sit up in this tower. This is where we get this word, guard. It's so like, you stand. Not, don't ask Jesus to. Don't ask your pastor to or your husband or wife or your best friend to watch your heart. You watch your heart. You get up and you guard your heart. And you go, you're not gonna, uh-uh. That's not allowed here. So when bitterness comes in, when, when offense comes in, come on, when someone hurts your feelings, you you don't Oh, yeah, that's not right that you do that. You go, oh, whoa, whoa. I'm going to guard my heart. Oh, man. That, that hurt a little bit, but I'm, 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 how am I going to guard my heart? I'm going to go to that person. I'm going to talk to that person. I'm going to guard my heart because it's the wellspring of life. Listen, years of living bitter will take years and years to break that down in most cases. Are you with me? I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. Y'all alright? So, protect it. As a watchman, the most important how do you protect your heart? How do you guard your heart? How do you watch over? Well, through lifestyle, we've been talking about that. When we talk about lifestyle, what we're talking about are the things that we commit, that means the things that we do, or the things that we omit, the things that we don't do. How many of you know there's things that you can do to protect your heart? But your heart won't be protected if you don't do certain things. You've got to crawl up in the tower. You've got to be the guy that says, nope, not in my heart. Offense is not welcome here. Hardness is not welcome here. But there's things that you also have to do. Lord, I pray that you massage my heart with the power of your spirit, like those moments we're having in worship today, that you would invest in your heart. Number two, exercise. We exercise our heart. How do you exercise the heart inside of you? We're not talking about the physical heart, but how do you exercise the spiritual heart? It's by responding to the things that God puts there man, I just really feel like the Lord just wants me to give you a hug today, or I really feel like the Lord wants me to give you a word of encouragement. Listen, you exercise your heart by responding to that. Loving others, obeying what Jesus says, expressing gratitude. Expressing gratitude is so good for your heart. Thank you, thank you, that's so good for you. That's the way you exercise your heart, by being generous, by living generous with your time, with your money, with your treatment of others, Come on. Expressing and receiving affection is another way. Listen, did you know that you need to be easy to love? It's good for your heart. It's good for your heart to be easy to love. I think about Renee. Renee's easy to love. You know what I'm saying? You're easy to love. You're thinking think about Nathan. Nathan's easy to love. We, we have all these people we're in community with. They're easy to love. Oh man, I love that guy so much. What about the people that are hard to love? You can say, oh, I don't like those people. Well, just make sure you're, you're not that person. Be easy to love. Be easy to love. Don't act don't 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 live reactive. Come on. Listen, your heart is the wellspring. It's the wellspring of your life. You've got to get it healthy. Everybody say healthy. Now, check this out. Luke chapter six. Verse forty five. The good man brings good things out of the good stored in his heart. How do you do good things? You put good things in your heart. You store it there. The evil man brings out the evil things stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. So, I want to tell you today that we've been lied to. We've been told that we can love God and live how we want. That's not true. Scripture says if you say you love God and yet you hate, you have hate in your heart, if you read 1 John, if you have hate in your heart and you say you love God, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. Oh. Or what people do is they, they they betray the Lord, they start living, and I think that's a good way to say it. Well, they wandered from the Lord. You mean they betrayed the Lord? Yeah. So they quit serving the Lord and we go, well, they just got a good heart. I know they love Jesus. No, they don't. They don't love Jesus. According to Scripture, they do not love Jesus. Or they've got a good heart. No, they don't. The good man does the good things from the good that's stored in his heart. So don't dismiss immorality. Don't dismiss bitterness and say, I've got a good heart, but. No, if you've got a good heart, then good things come out. The reason why you're doing bad things is because you've got bad stuff stored in your heart. Now, you've got bad stuff stored in your heart, and I've got bad stuff stored in my heart. But what I need to do is get rid of the bad stuff and get more good stuff in. We're not focusing on the externals. Come on. You know, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 actually says that your heart is wicked. Did you know that you are not born with a good heart? You got to be born again. You got to get a new heart. That's what God says. He says, I'll put my heart, I'll put a a new heart in them. I'll put a new spirit in them. Because I want good things to come out of their life. I want righteousness to come out of their life. Listen, you're born with wickedness in your heart. That's the way you're born. So you got to be born again. Listen, the way that we talk and the way that we act reveals what's in our heart. Your actions tell on your heart. Your mouth tells on your heart. If you're negative all the time, it's because you've got negative things in your heart. Well, I've just had bad experiences. Well, then you need to work on your heart. Get your heart healthy again. Come on, we're not criticizing you. We've all got heart issues. Listen, every issue. Discipline. Come on. Lust bad attitudes, it's all a heart issue. All a heart issue. All the things, all the sins that we commit are heart issues. We sin because there's sin in our heart. That's why Jesus said if a man looks lustfully at a woman. Right? Why did he say that? Because your heart is the thing that we need to guard. Their heart is the thing that we need to protect. Your heart, your life reveals what's in your heart. So you know what my tendency is to do sometimes my tendency as a father as a leader as a pastor Sometimes my tendency is to do this when I see people making bad choices whether it's my kids Or other people I know as go man, they need to quit doing that They need to stop that and it's easy for me to focus on behavior modification Well, you need to quit doing this. You need to stop doing this. You need to start doing this. You need to start doing that But god doesn't do that. He doesn't modify behavior He transforms hearts So we're not looking for behavior modification. We need heart transformation. If our heart is changed, our lifestyle will match. So what's in your heart? What's in your heart? Look at your neighbor and ask them, what's in your heart? So how do we maintain a healthy heart? You ready? We're going to get through this. Y'all all all right? How many of y'all want a healthy heart? We talked about the physical heart, how you keep that healthy. What about this heart? This this heart, right? The intangible heart. How 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 do we maintain a healthy heart? How do we see heart transformation? Well, the first thing you do is you lead it. Listen, the world will tell you follow your heart. That's stupid advice. Do not follow your heart. Your heart is a great follower, not a great leader. I don't care what the little cute sign at Target says or Hobby Lobby. That's not going to my house. We don't, lead, we don't follow our heart here. We lead it. How do you lead your heart? Well, you understand where it's at. Man, I know I shouldn't be doing that. Dang. Dang, heart. That's where it's at. And then I take it to where it's supposed to be. So in my actions, when I'm not doing the things that I need to be doing, I start doing them, and I lead my heart that direction. Listen, when it says this, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Luke chapter 12, verse 34, Jesus said, Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It doesn't say where your heart will be, there your treasure will be. It says wherever your treasure is, there's your heart. So we lead our heart that way. I want to be more generous. Well, You've got to lead your heart. How do you lead your heart to have a generous heart? You just be generous. and Eventually, you get the heart that comes along with it. That's how you lead the right heart. So the way you lead the heart is you do the right thing before your heart is in it. The way you lead your heart, listen, the way you lead your heart is you do the right thing when your heart is not in it. And when you do that, your heart follows. That's why when you got that job, you hated it so much, but you decided, man, I'm going to give my time. I'm going to give my energy because it's what the Lord wants me to do. I'm going to invest myself here. And then a year later, you love that job. What'd you do? You led your heart. So quit complaining about it. Oh. Quit being negative about it. Invest in it. Quit going to some my heart. You just give yourself there. You invest yourself. You lead your heart. Don't follow your heart. Don't follow your dreams. Jeez. Listen, did you know, I love this, Romans 10.10, 10, it says, for with your heart you believe and you're justified. With your heart. Did you know the decision of your heart? It's what makes you right with God. Your heart is powerful. Lead your heart. Listen, we, we talked about having a proper pace. You need to have a proper pace. Well, I don't feel like waking up and seeking the Lord in the morning. You just get up and you just do it because you know you should. And eventually you're going to be so addicted to Jesus that you'll realize that if you don't do that, you're no fun to be around. I guarantee you that if I'm acting like Scrooge all week or some sucker that Leslie don't know, it's probably because I haven't been spending time with the Lord. So don't go, what's wrong with you? Why are you have to like, say, man, are you like, hanging out with the Lord? Like, what's going on? You are in charge of your heart. You are in charge. Nobody else ain't in charge of your heart. You're in charge. It's your heart. It's time you own your heart. It's your heart. Say that. That's my heart. Now, y'all didn't do it like I did. Come on. I need some passion in this room right now. I don't preach y'all too. That's my heart. Come on. That's my heart. Listen, you're in charge of your heart. I, I love this quote. I don't know who said it first, but it's good. It's out there. I'm sure 50 people have quoted it. You, can control, you can't control what happens to you, but you can't control what happens in you. You can't control what happens to you, but you can't control what happens in you. It's your heart. You have authority of your heart. And the the series, what we're going to invest in is how do I invest in my heart because everything really comes back. All the blood that flows through your body comes back to your heart, and your heart pumps the rest of the things. So this whole series is really about your heart. Y'all all right? I love this. Psalm 27, verse 8 in the message. I love the way it says it. It says, when my heart whispered, seek God, my whole being replied, I'm seeking him. So sometimes you just got to tell your heart. You got to prophesy out of your heart. You love Jesus. You love Jesus. I don't man. I just don't know if I love You love the Lord. You want to fall in love with Jesus. You, you want to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. You want to be forgiving. Just prophesy out of your heart. This is what he says. He said, when, when my heart whispered, seek God, my whole being said, yes, it is.'". Lead your heart. Lead it. My heart's just not there. We'll get it there. My heart's just not in it. Put it there. I just don't have the heart to be there. Put it there. Just put it there. And then watch the rest of your body go. Hey, I kind of enjoy this. Oh, well, my job sucks. Well, of course it does. The way you talk about it. My husband. My husband. Yes. Blah 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 well, maybe the, your husband's not the issue. It's an inside job. Desire is an inside job. Shout all day. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting. Number two, number one, you lead your heart. Number two, you feed your heart. and We've talked a little bit about that. How do you feed your heart? You put the right things there. You put the right things there, Right? The good man brings out the good things that he stored in his heart. You put the right things there. Philippians 4, 8. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Think about those things. Put those. In. What do you want to think about? Listen, if, you if, if you're morning read time or you spend most of your day listening to talk radio or on Facebook reading news, you're going to be depressed. Trust me. I've been doing a lot of it lately. I'm like, what? I need to just push that away. And I need to get into the Word of God until the Word of God gets into me. I need to feed my heart, not feed my frustrations. I need to feed my heart. There's a, there's a concept that, that, uh, that I believe is true. It's G.I. Go. You know, like G.I. Joe, but it's G.I. Go. Garbage in, garbage out. The voices you're listening to. Can I tell you, the TV stuff that you're watching, the music that you're listening to, garbage in, garbage out. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what's a sin and what's not a sin. But I'm telling you, if you have evil people imparting into you, evil's going to come out. So what are you doing to invest? Who are you spending all your time with? Do they love Jesus? Well, I thought we were supposed to go to the lost. Absolutely, we go to the lost. We don't live there. That's not our community. Come on, you need to be around people that will prophesy to you, that will declare good things to you. Listen, whatever you set your thinking, whatever you set your affections on, what we watch, what we listen to, who we watch, who we listen to, those that influence our lives. Garbage in, garbage out. you got to get good stuff there if you want good stuff to come out. So you just need to take an inventory. Man, why? Why am I so bitter? Well, just take inventory. Who are you listening to? What are you listening to? Well, this thing happened. But who are you listening to to contribute that? Listen, get you some podcasts. Listen to the overflow podcast. Listen to some other preacher's Let's Get the word of God into you. Get into it. Check it out. Psalm 119.11. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, and you know what it's about? It's about the word. Interesting, the longest chapter in the word is about the word. Psalm 119. And he says this. David says, this, I've hidden your word in my heart. I've put your word. I've stored my word in your heart that I might not sin. If you're struggling with sin, you know what you need in your life? More word. Listen, you can get you a Bible app and it'll all you gotta do is put headphones on when you work out, and you just hit play and you just listen to the word while you work out. It's so convenient for you to get into the word. Get the word there. Feed it. And remember, G I go, garbage in, garbage out. Why am I acting like the devil? Why am I acting like a heathen? Who are you listening to? What are you listening to? What are you watching? Listen, your intake of the Word of God must exceed all that. Come on. You're going to have to wash some of that stuff out. We'll talk about that next week. All right. Number three is you need it. What? Need like K, like need. You ready? So we lead it, we feed it, and we need it. Now, we talk about need it. We're talking about need it, right? Check this out. I love this scripture. I discovered this a couple years ago. Matthew chapter 13. I never saw this. For years, and then I, all of a sudden, this was a paradigm shift. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she only put a little yeast in it and three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. It permeated every That's what yeast does, right? You just put a little yeast, and it gets everywhere. You put bread in the oven, and it rises. Why? Because of the yeast. Uh, the best way for me to illustrate it is this way. Leslie, my wife, makes cakes. They taste yummy. They're not good for your physical heart. But they are good for your spiritual heart. I will say that, and so she makes these cakes, and uh, these cakes are glorious. Well, sometimes she uses a, a thing because she decorates them that's like the thing or whatever they taste amazing, but they, they look cool too and so she gets this stuff called fondant it's like a sugary dough okay it's made out of like marshmallows and and glory dust and uh, fairy's wings and so she gets this <laughs> she gets this ball of fondant well. Sometimes she'll have to make a cake that's like, was it red? Red's the hardest color, and so she'll be like, she has to make it red. Well, red's the hardest color to make the fondant because it's white when you make it. Well, then you have to like get the red into it. So she gets the red food coloring and she puts it on the fondant. And Leslie's like, she works on that fondant. You ought to watch her, man. It's like you ever see this woman ambitious? It's when she's working on fondant when she's making it red. And she'll put that in there. She'll be like, mm, mm, Throwing elbows, I ain't lying. Throwing elbows into it. Come on. She got red all over her hands. She's what is she doing? She's kneading come on. That red into that dough. Listen, this is what you have to do with the Holy Spirit, with the Word of God, in your times of worship. You just got to allow the Lord to come in. And you've got to do it too. You just got to say, come on, let's just work that Let's just need my heart. Come on, let's just get the Word in there. Let's meditate about the Word. Let's think about the Word of God. Let's need my heart. Need my heart until it permeates, until your heart looks like the heart of Jesus. You know, one of our core stories here. At overflow is In John chapter 4, it's about a, a woman, a Samaritan woman. Now, you got to understand this. People say that, G, that racism wasn't in Jesus' day. It very much was. There were these people called the Samaritans that were referred to as dogs, and then there were the Jews, and they, Samaritans were like half Jewish, and so they had all these problems. Well, Jesus is eating with his disciples one day. Well, I'm sorry, they weren't eating. They were traveling, and they show up at this well, and Jesus sends the disciples into town to get some food because he is hungry. Come on, I'm getting kind of hungry right now And so Jesus Comes and sits down at this well And there's a woman there, and she's a Samaritan woman Now, not only is she a Samaritan woman, she's also A harlot, okay And she's sitting there, and Jesus goes Hey, give me some Water out of that well And she's like Why are you even talking to me, I'm a a Samaritan woman And then Jesus begins to talk to her, and, and she says, this well is deep, and he's like, listen, if you will drink from this well, referring to himself, he said, you'll never thirst again. Let's, let's read verse 13. Jesus replied, and then, and then this is what he says about the well. He says, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water, talking about the water in the well, will thirst again, but whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And the woman says this, please, sir, give me this water. Now, here's a woman that's hard-hearted. Come on. This probably got into prostitution because she didn't have any other way to make money. Jesus begins to prophesy to her. He says, well, go tell your husband. And she said, well, uh, my husband. And Jesus is like, yeah, you got like four husbands. The guy you're you're living with, you're not even married to him. She's like, dang. But the point of Jesus' story here is listen, he's saying, listen, I want to fix the well that's inside of you. I want to fix the thing that's producing. If you drink from me, I I will fix what's inside of you. What is the heart? It's the well. Spring of life, some of us, we have not been living the way Jesus wants you to live, right? And He has a plan, and he has an ambition for you, and he has great desire for you, but you haven't been responding to that you haven't li- in fact, you, you might not even be able to at this point and then Jesus is coming to you, and he 's starting a conversation right now. They say, "What will you give me? Will you give me your heart?" This is the thing I love about when we drink from this well—that is Jesus—is we drink. Listen, we take a drink, and He puts a spring inside of us. He doesn't just quench our thirst; He actually produces inside of us a bubbling river. No one said He didn't say that. You'll, you'll, he did say you'll never thirst again. But why would you never thirst again? Because you'll have a spring inside of you. What is he talking about? I believe he's talking about the Holy Spirit. that when we come to Jesus and we say, "Lord, I want to have a life that's fruitful. I want to have a heart that's fruitful. I want to have a life that looks like Jesus. I want to have a life that produces like you want and desire for me to produce." And he says this. This is what his invitation is. Well, then drink from me. Because when you drink from me, I won't just quench your thirst, I'll give you a pump. It's prophesied in Ezekiel 36. He says, and I will give you a new heart. See, that's what your heart is. Your heart's a pump. And sometimes the pump is broken. That was the problem with this woman. It wasn't that she was immoral. It's that her heart was broken. Her pump was broken. And Jesus' invitation to her is the same invitation that he has to you today. Is this, if you will come and you will drink... If you will believe, if you will trust, I will put Isaiah 36 right here. I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you and I will take out. Listen, I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And this is what the Lord wants to do today. Some of you, we're going to ask the ministry team to go ahead and come up. Some of you, you have places in your heart that are hard, and you know it. And the invitation of the Lord today isn't this, to rebuke you, not to express his frustration on you. The invitation of the Lord today is come and drink. Come and drink from the well, and I'll fix the pump. Others of you, you've never given Jesus your heart. You've entertained the idea. You've thought about it. You've considered it. You thought, wouldn't it be nice when I'm ready? Listen, if you ever make that statement, when I'm ready, then it means that you're focusing on the external. You're focusing on the fruit, not on the root. Jesus wants to fix the root so that you produce fruit that remains. We talked about this in our fruitful series. So Jesus doesn't want to repair the fruit. He wants to repair the root so you can produce good fruit. So some of you, you just need to ask the Lord into your heart today. Others of you, you need a heart transplant, and that's okay. Some of you, you just need the Lord to come and do a good work on you. You just need Him to to work on your heart. Maybe you're struggling with bitterness. Come on. Maybe you're not hearing the Lord, and you need to hear the Lord more clearly. What do you want Him to do? You want Him to tenderize your heart. You want Him to just work it. Just work that heart a little bit. Say, Lord, today would you come...